Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juz'amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and inimitable manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. So, Quran is saying, وَالَّذِي قَدَّرَ فَهَدَى And then, you know, again, another thing is that, you know, you know, just I want to just say a few words about actually how people, you know, have, you know, because this surah is glorify your Lord and understand him properly that he is the doer, nobody else is doer. He is the creator and there is no creator. He is the one who guides and nobody can guide. You know, in this matter, how the you know, misunderstanding happened in the world all the time. Sometimes, what people did really, they you know, did not make effort to know him, who he is. And sometimes what they did really is that to all the favors that they have received, they did not attribute them to him, they attribute those favors to someone else. He gave them son and they said, this son is coming from this saint or this peer or this sheikh or this jinni. Allah gives you money and then you are related to someone else. It keeps happening all the time. Allah is the one who gives and but you relate to someone else. Or you, Allah is the creator but you don't, don't want to recognize him. And same thing actually happening in our time. It keeps happening. Like when science develops and all those things is what they want to do, you know, they did actually worse than what people in the past. People in the past, they used to know they want to know explanation of the, of the thing properly. That's why people say one of the, you know, there are so many definition of human being or so many descriptions of the human being. One of the descriptions by the, by the philosophers is that human being is an explanation seeking animal. Human, in a human being basically is an animal which seeks an explanation of everything. Ask why, you know, why something like that, what is this? So people basically are born, in a, they are created in a way, they want to know explanation of every single thing. That's how human being is. In modern science, no doubt modern science is the best you know, a, a proof for that. That for every single thing, the scientists ask question, why is it like that and how is it? The people who actually explain that human being is the explanation seeking animal, these people, when they want to know the human being itself, they want to cut it from its explanation. They want to interpret everything in this universe, but keeping God aside. They don't want to about think about him. They want to explain everything without Allah being there. Just think really. You know, if I made it, you know, leave that. If I actually make a model of sun, a model of sun somewhere nicely, and scientists come and they look at that, and they ask me, who made this? I tell them, no, nobody made. Are they going to believe? Just a model of a sun. A model of sun nowhere is nearer to the sun. Same people who believe the sun came in existence without any creator. They are not going to believe the model of the sun can come without a creator. If I make a statue of human being and a scientist come 
and asked me who made it, and I said to him, no, nobody made it. Are they going to believe in that? The statue of human being, even a photo, if you make a photo of someone, a small photo, a scientist asks you who made it, and you say, nobody made it. Is he going to believe? You know, if I put a dot here, nobody, anybody can make a dot, like I have written this, anybody can copy. If a scientist come and ask me, who wrote this? And I said to him, nobody wrote. Are they going to believe? Just think really, these people, they basically, they want to have explanation of every single thing. Even a small model of anything, like a glass, no, you know, it cannot come into existence at its own. But the same people now believe that in the whole universe, such a complication, so much sophisticated, even the scientists cannot imagine, understand actually, even one percent of the whole universe, they cannot know. You know, how can they believe it came actually without creator, without someone who made it? No, this really is very, it basically meaning misuse of the mind, not thinking properly, not understanding properly. You know, just think really, even the eye, how can I can exist without making it? If you make a picture of the eye, it needs a creator. Even a chair, you need a carpenter. For any single thing you think really, Allah SWT wants people to look at this properly. So that's why Quran is saying, another beauty of these verses is that Allah SWT had made it unconditional, mutlaq, meaning it, Allah SWT said Allah is A'la. Did not say, you know, he's higher than this, this. Just make absolute higher. Because, you know, absolutely higher. Then Quran also said, Alladhi khalaqa. He is the one who created. Quran did not say create who? Mankind, animals, heaven, that, no, every, nothing. Did not mention. Then fasawwa, then again, qaddara fahada. Everything you can see here, mention actually is without any object. To make very clear, that it does not have any condition. It's unconditional. Any creation you can think coming from Allah SWT. And all those crea creation, how they have been shaped and how they have been formed, it's all from Allah SWT. And every single thing about them, their beginning and their end has been determined by Allah SWT. Like sun. He determined when sun will start and he determined when the sun is going to be destroyed. The heaven that he determined when the beginning of them and he also determined when they are going to end. Every single thing determined by Allah And this reality has been mentioned, you know, in the Quran, uh, you know, uh, so many verses, you know, Surah Taha and all those, but uh, anyway, I don't think we have enough time to, to go for all that. Now coming to the next verse. If I have time, inshallah, so I will make a combination of those things. You know, one thing you keep in mind, as I mentioned, the Prophet preaching to people of Makkah, and sometimes he feels that, you know, he has so much, you know, argument, so much nice way to advise them. But still they are not listening to him. What is going to happen? So Allah SWT wants the Prophet you do your job. You do ibadah, you do da'wah to ibadah, and then leave the result to me. Be patient. Wait for my command. Wait for my journey. Do sabr. And Allah SWT now teaching the Prophet the way Allah has made this word is that everything thing takes time. They move from one stage to other stage. Allah SWT has made the world like that. He created the mankind, then fasawwa. Then he shaped them, put them in the due proportion. Then Allah SWT determined every single function of their body, and then he guided them how to use them. Fahada. So these things, they take stages. And now another thing also Allah wants to do, because all the argument is to make very clear that, O Prophet Wasallam, similarly your guidance of the people it actually will move from one stage to other stage. You have to wait. The time will come when you will see 
that you are successful and the people who don't follow you they are going to have failure so now the quran says walladhi akhrajal mar'a and he is the one who brought forth uh, the pasture so basically anything that can be grazed by the animals he created them and that he also said in surah nazi'at that akhraj you know he akhraja mar'aha allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he created the mar'a the mar'a means the place where the animals can come and graze and then they have you know and they eat and can provide them you know the life on the face of the earth see really how amazing the whole thing is how he creates from from the earth this mar'a you know this pasture to where you know the green you know green thing comes and the animals and then animals are guided allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in the heart of the animal in the mind of the animal that they have to eat them when they eat them it is going to provide the life for them he guides that to allah the akhrajal mar'a then the quran says faja'alahu ghusaan ahwa this verse we have to understand properly because most people when they translate this verse it does not fit in the context many people that translate this verse is faja'alahu ghusaan ahwa they want to say then after that when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the you know green grasses and green pasture for the people for the animals then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them to become dry you know all those green things they become dry and then they are destroyed so that's a faja'alahu ghusaan ahwa ghusaan means things which basically loses their life and ahwa means they become red or black and then after that they are destroyed so no doubt the grass actually comes and green things come and then after that you know there are no sign of the life and they become dry and they finish and many people think that meaning but the problem here actually is quran in this surah is not mentioning that allah created the people and then he made them die do quran sometimes says allah is the one who brings the life and he brings the death if allah mentions that he brings the life and he brings the death then it makes sense to say allah is the one who makes you know the pasture green thing for the people and then he make it dry you can see beginning and end of the life he did not mention in the first few verses quran does not mention that allah brings the life and then he brings the death allah only mentioning the life the stage of the life he mentioned creation and then sawwa tasawiya how he forms then he mentioned qaddara how he determines every single thing and then he mentions how guides to so every single thing that mention in these verses is those things which are connected about the life of the people not the death of the people then when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes to the animal so you know it verse should be in a way allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that the life for the animal so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in brings the grass and green pasture for the people for the animals and that are but if you say no they are green and then after that they become dry and they are destroyed it does not fit with the context because for the human being for other things he did not mention the life and that both he only mentioned the life here should be only the life so that why you know mona hamidul farah rahimullah ta'ala who has done you know big research in, in, in the quran spent all his life his thinking in this verse is different first thing actually understand what ahwa means ahwa in arabic language means you know ahwa all the time you can from what haya ahwa means when you know when when any green thing become full green like like you know like you know uh, something like uh, you know more dark so like you know the you know like you can see if anybody who's farmer or have been in the villages you can see when those the, you know like wheat and all those plants they grow to so when they become you know complete so they are you know more inclined to the color red color uh, 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 dark color they become like black so that meaning is now they have complete they have become you know full full growth and they that are the thing when animal comes and eat them 
तो हवा मीन्स थिस विच आर इनक्लाइंट टू आर्स डार्क कलर जो देखा कंप्लीट गोसा इज अरबिक लैंग्वेज हैज बोथ मीनिंग गोसा आल्सो मीन्स वेन थिस बिकम ड्राई दैट आल्सो गोसा एंड गोसा आल्सो इन अरबिक लैंग्वेज मीन्स वेन समथिंग बिकम थिक सो मौला फराही सिंह दैट गोसा हैज बोथ मीनिंग्स नाउ वी हैव टू यूज गोसा इन द मीनिंग विच इज मोर अप्रोप्रिएट फॉर द कंटेक्स ऑफ द कुरान कंटेक्स ऑफ द कुरान इज टू टेल द पीपल द स्टेज ऑफ द लाइफ मीनिंग इज अल्लाह सुहा तल अखरज मरा ही ब्रोट you know the pasture or you know the grasses and plants from the earth and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said then he made them complete he made those green grasses complete so they become like more like you know like black and they grow up properly they become like proper plants so it is stage of the life it is not the end of the life is it clear so there are two explanation of this verse one is at most people say they mean akhrajal mar'a means beginning of the life of the green things and then fajal ghusan ahwa means when they become dry and now they are like dead mola frahi wants to say death and becoming dry is not mentioned here because it's not the context context is the stages of the life quran wants to say the you know these these grasses or the you know the the plants then they grow from the earth and after that they become strong and they become proper plants and their color becomes more towards a black color they become more dark so that is when they are complete you can see you no know, ask uh, you know farmer they will say that when you know like uh, plants of the wheat when they become dark it means uh, now the life has come properly for them that is sign if they become yellow so then farmers become very frightened it means they are going to die before the time but when the plants become you know more towards uh, you know the uh, dark color then they become happy it means uh, they have full life so that that sign of the full life to so, mona farai saying for the other this quran actually mentioning the stages of the thirst to coming to full life to so allah created them then allah subhanahu wa taala shaped them then allah subhanahu determine everything then guided them to full life to so similarly for the you know for the things which are for animal like plants they start growing and then after that they become bigger and the color becomes more towards darkness so they become in the full life so here the mentioning is the stages of the full life for the animals for the human being and also for the plants and for the tree is it clear faja'alahu ghusan ahwa then quran said sanuqri'uka fala tansa that actually that why quran is mentioning the whole thing the whole mentioning basically is for for this purpose sanuqri'uka fala tansa the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's source is in time for the break of hmm? yeah, okay anyway, i i leave this because it needs more explanation inshallah to maybe can to counter but anyway i am trying to say when allah subhanahu wa taala mentions the stage of the life the whole purpose was to tell you sanuqriuka fala tansa because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was rushing you know he was thinking because he knew that in quran's guidance he wanted to get the whole quran as soon as possible so people can become guided allah wants to tell him that this is not allah's way allah's way is to make a things in the stages so the quran will complete in its due time it cannot be complete by your rushing you need to need wait for the time until quran is completely revealed it is not your rushing either allah subhanahu wa taala everything else he created in the stages similarly the quran will come in due time similarly the people's guidance it will come into right moment so that inshallah i'll explain in the afternoon if you have any question please ask sorry ghusan ya 
you know ghusa in arabic language means like as the quran has used ghusa when you have you know like a flood to when you have a river to whatever is you know uh, floating on the top of the river you know all the small thing grass whatever they call ghusa useless things which have no, no value ghusa also means when the plants become dry and then now you you know they're like flying they become you know anything is small you know they have no value no life they also ghusa ghusa means when things lose life but ghusa is also used in arabic language for things which are thick thick things which actually are with the life thick to monophorize saying that you know ghusa here has been used in the second meaning and he has got also many poetic poetic verses from jahili poetry where arabs use ghusa in the second meaning that you know thick and something which has been full of the life so he said his second meaning which has been ghusa has been used here because the last word ahwa ahwa only comes in arabic language for something which has a life and in a full of life and that the color becomes more dark that no, no other meaning and you can see when the plants they be, they are disturbed they become they lose the life they don't become dark they become green they become yellow they become something else ahwa they only become when the plant grows they still have got life then they become ahwa so you know the meaning which is more appropriate for the context is you know the what molafra is trying to say that this is all the explanation of the different stages of the life it is not explanation of the life and the death both only the life You know what is happening is, you know what uh, actually the thing is the class is not for their purpose. You know, simple thing in this matter is that you know every every religious community, you know, they have something which is like soul, and then they get something which is like body. They do they do them to get the you know those do, do the meanings. So they become their identity. So those identities, uh, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala somehow for the new religion He changes. Like for example, when the Prophet Sallallahu came to Medina. So you know he uh, he found the Jews they are fasting on the 10th of Muharram. He asked the people why Jews are fasting on the 10th of Muharram. The so Jews said because that is the day when Musa alayhi salam he saved Bani Israel from Pharaoh and he left you know Egypt to we fast for thanking. So then the Prophet Allah said nahnu haqq bi Musa minkum. We deserve Musa more than you. And he started fasting 10th of Muharram. Then you know the year when he died He said, "If I am alive next year, I will add one more day because I want to differ from the Jews uh, to either ninth, tenth, or tenth or eleventh." So you can see because Jews used because you know this religion needs to be distinctive. That the thing is, but it does not mean that everything that Christian Jews do, we have to differ from them. It only their religious identity. So for example, you know, there like you know, I have having this kurta and pajama. Many Indian Hindus they also wear the same thing, Indian thing. But this is what not actually religious identity. It is actually identity of the Indian people. Nothing to do with religion. So Indian people are doing, you know, this thing. So there are many things we people do and also develop through the centuries, not as religious identity, but something like, you know, it could be identity, but more like as human being. But religious identity, that is where people have to differ. For example, people in this country they celebrate Christmas. Though Christmas itself is not religious anyway, but somehow has become a religious identity for the Christian people. So that is something where Muslims should be more careful. Avoid that. Or people go, you know, soon the, you know Easter is going to happen. People are going to celebrate their Easter. 
So this is religious identity. If Muslims also start because they think, you know, we also believe in Isa al-Islam, Jesus Christ, so we also can celebrate Christmas and, uh, and, uh, and Easter because we love the Isa al-Islam. No doubt you love Isa al-Islam and you got reward for that. But you are not allowed to celebrate those days because they have become like identity for Christian people. To leave them, they do, but we don't. It is not that everything that other community does, we have to leave that. No. But we have to avoid things which are known as their religious identity. So, you know, because it is very important that Muslims remain as a distinctive nation. Otherwise, what will happen? They will lost. That's the meaning. Not every single thing that they do. Is it clear? So, for example, they eat food. We also eat food. There are many, many foods that they share. But we are not going to use those food which are not halal. But if it is halal, to eat whatever they make, you know, any, any, any form, if people are you know, eating you know, French food or Italian food or English food, as long as it is not haram, there is no harm in that. People can eat, Muslims can eat that. If Muslims eat the food that is made by Hindus, as long as it is not haram, like samosa or something like that, but it is not haram, no, no haram, you can eat. So things which are not a religious identity, there is no harm in, you know, to, to share because they are human heritage. You know, if it's coming from Huwatun, to Huwatun basically means when things become, something become more dark, darkness, and especially used for the plants when they grow properly and they have proper water and all those things, so they become, you know, they grow properly, so they become more inclined towards uh, a black color. That's what Huwa means, Ahwa. So also you can say life is also coming from, from that same thing, like Hayat, similar word, but not exactly the same. It will be have a, yeah, maybe, I, actually I don't uh, remember, it could be, I don't know if they will use the word actually, maybe the Hayya Yahya, same thing like Hayat, because when Wow Ya come together, they changed, except if it is from uh, those roots where Ayan get Kasra in Madi, like Qawi Yaqwa, otherwise they become Hayya Yahya, so they make, if both are together, they, they do Idham, Shaddar, but I'm not sure actually how they use the word. But Ahwa, if you look, check in dictionary, Ahwa only means when thing is inclined to a dark color. Question online. Uh, when women are in their menstrual cycle, they can't pray, and even though they, they may make dhikr at those times of prayers, it doesn't have the same effect as Salah. Any other advice that women can do during this time to keep up the tazkiyah? Yeah, I know. Dhikr yeah, fine, you can do dhikr. But they also can think, you know, you can't read the Qur'an with, with your tongue, but there's no harm to think about the Qur'anic verse. You know, think about that. Also think about Allah SWT's favor upon you, you know, and his attributes. You know, thinking is more important about than anything else. And the Prophet you know, in the biography has come, that most of the time he used to think. So thinking, understanding, and think really about Allah SWT, his favors and his power and his mercy upon the people, and they can get so much reward. And it is not women's fault anyway, Allah SWT for his own creation plan. He has made things like that for the women, so there's no fault upon, upon them. Even if they don't do anything, they are not getting any sin. 
But if they want to become near Allah SWT, even in that time, you know, other than the prayer, they can't do anything. Thinking, understanding, you know, uh, understanding the meaning of the Quran, reading the biography of the Prophet ﷺ, and life of the companions and all the pious people, you know, everything they can do other than the prayer. Because the thing is, the only way you can be, you know, there are things which you see. So you, connect, you can be connected with those things because you see them, like your father and mother. So, you know, you, then you can use their name. But Allah Taala, you can't see him. The only thing can connect you with him is knowing his attributes. That's what he believes. Basically, his, his names are, you know, name means attributes. So they connect you with him. So when you, you know, understand Rahman, Rahim, Malik, Yomiddin, Rabb, Khaliq, whatever, they connect you with Allah Taala. And also his actions, what he has done to the people, that's how you can be connected. There's no other way for the people. And Allah Taala has put all the barakah in his names, his attributes. So basically, when you say Allah, you know, it is not the barakah in Allah's that, the barakah in, in his name. You get all the barakah that you can imagine in Rahman, Rahim, Malik, Yomiddin. So, because there are no other way for people to be connected with the Lord other than these names and these attributes. Do not, if you if take out the name, how can you know? Like philosophers. Philosophers, they took out all the names of Allah and they say he is the beginning of, you know, or they say he is the first mover. So, when you make the first mover, how can we connect with him? Basically, he becomes idle, no, no use for him. When you take out all the attributes of Allah Taala and you just make because everything coming from Him, but then after that you know you be connected with the things which are which, which have effect on your life. If you have no attribute and you don't know anything, how can it be effective? That why philosophers' problem has been they made Allah, they believe in Allah, but Allah who has no power, nothing, useless. Quran wants to connect you with Allah Taala who has got all the power, everything coming from Him. So that's why you need to know his attributes, his name, think properly, understand properly, and you, you can make you near to him. And then the barakah will come to you, to you from him. But if you only connect yourself with his dad, not his names, then basically nothing. You don't know him. So what will happen? You become like in wajibul wujud, or beginning of all the beginnings, or you can say the first mover, and that, that has no meaning. You know, Mona Hamidul Farahi, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he was a very pious scholar, a very, very solid scholar in Arabic language, in the Quran and the Sunnah, and he was also a great scholar of Persian language, Urdu language, and also English, uh, and he actually learned even Hebrew for the Quran, and he spent actually last, you know, around 20 years of his life just reading the Quran, understanding, and he wrote every single thing just about the Quran. And he had done many things for the Quran. One of the things also is the idea, theory of coherence of the Quran. That everything in the Quran is actually coherent and all the, you know, all the surahs and verses, they are coherent. This idea, this way, never has been explained before. It has something usefulness, people can differ. 
when he taught his students, there are two students which were most, most prominent among his students. One was Maulana Akhtar Hassan Islahi, and the second one was Maulana Amin Hassan Islahi. Akhtar Hassan Islahi, he, people say he was the most clever one. And actually, even Amin Hassan Islahi used to learn from him and refer to him, but he died very early. My teacher from whom I learned Tafsir Maulana Shahbaz Islahi, he is the student of Maulana Akhtar Hassan Islahi. So basically, between me and Maulana Faraj, the two people. I learned from Maulana Shahbaz, and Maulana Shahbaz learned from Maulana Akhtar Hassan Islahi, and he learned from Maulana Farahi. Maulana Farahi very pious for all those things. Maulana Amin Hassan Islahi came to Pakistan later on, and he remained there. He lived very long life. He died in, in, in 1997. So you can say, and he was born in 19... Uh, I think, or, uh, seven or something like that. Basically, around 90 years of his life, and very busy and very eloquent person. He really, no doubt, uh, spent his life in so much and developed the idea of Mawlana Farahi. But not same now, Mawlana Farahi, he also differs from him. So that's why people of Farahi school, they don't think that Mawlana Minas is like same as Mawlana Farahi. And Mawlana Farahi also, his, you know, people who have, have known Mawlana Farahi, they used to say, if you stay, spend some time with him, you will never can decide whether his knowledge is more than his piety, or piety is more than the knowledge. The person was so pious, people cannot imagine really, in the prayers and the fasting, where, you know, people who actually claim to be like him, they never have, you know, made an effort to become pious like him. So one thing is, and also in the knowledge, how he spent time. So Mawlana Amin Hassan Islahi, he actually have borrowed all the ideas from him, and also he developed something of his own, and he can differ from his teacher. But later on in Pakistan, some people, they believe that they inherited the whole idea of Tafsir Falam Mawlana Amin Hassan Islahi, and he from Mawlana Farai, and they think, they represent the school of Mawlana Farahi. You know, if people of India, they don't agree with that. They think that these people, they have got their knowledge from so many different sources, and they're using the name of Mawlana Farahi. And to make Mawlana Farahi, never said many of those things that these people have been saying. So Mawlana Amin Hassan Islahi, you know, for him, we are fine, actually. You know, if he differs, you know, we can differ from him as well. But Javed Ahmad Ghamidi, you know, I basically don't agree with him. And I have seen actually all, you know, many people in Tafsir, they don't agree. They don't think really what he said is going all from Mawlana Farahi. It is many, many of his ideas and the way he looks about Islamic law and Sharia and, and his, all his ideas about Hadith of the Prophet is very, very dangerous, no doubt really. It's basically like denying the Hadith, making the Quran, you know, without Hadith. You know, think really, Quran only can be known with its proper context and the proper context of the Prophet and his companions. You know, you have to know when the Quran was revealed to, to the Prophet what he did. So when this surah came, what he did, if you don't know that, you never can know the meaning. If you take out the Prophet ﷺ from the context of the Quran, and you want to just take, you know, this is the Quran, we have to, this is not how to say. You know, a literary book, book of literature, you know, you can take, make it independent of its, you know, co-text. But you cannot make the Quran, you know, out of that. You know, poetry can be, because for example, when Iqbal writes, you know, the Marthiya, you know, when his mother died, and he writes a long poem about his mother, very nice, very moving. You know, you, even if you don't know it is from Iqbal, even if you don't know it is from the mother of Iqbal, it does not make any difference. You read, you have same impact. So poetry and literary language, they don't need, don't need any context. They don't need you know, to know the background because they are true for everybody. Basically, it's not Iqbal's mother. Any mother can be like that. You know, it, it does, does not need to be mother of Iqbal. But Quran is not like that. Quran basically needs to you to know really how the messenger who received the Quran what happened to him when he received these verses? You cannot separate the Quran from the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Both are together. It's impossible. You know, Javed Ahmed Ghamidi basically trying to make the Quran independent of the Messenger. And that is the mistake. It basically has become like denial of the Sunnah, denial of the Hadith.
You know, I follow in this one, what Mawla Farahi said. Mawla Farahi, as I mentioned, he looks into context. So Mawla Farahi had written a book, Mufradatul Quran, where he mentioned the meaning of these words. So it is Mawlana Hamiduddin Farahi. Hamiduddin Farahi. Yeah. His name was Hamiduddin. But in Arabic language, Hamiduddin becomes like a title, praiseworthy. Or Mawla Farahi was very humble from very beginning. He never liked anybody to praise him. So he changed his name from Hamiduddin to Abdul Hamid. Salev of Hamid, the praiseworthy. He changed, but in every book he used to write Abdul Hamid. And he never liked big titles like in Mawlana or Shaykh. In every book he used to write Al Muallim Abdul Hamid. You know, the teacher Abdul Hamid. Just only title he has for himself is the teacher, nothing else. The teacher. But now people have so many things. So people did not know him properly. The name was originally Hamiduddin, but he changed his name to Abdul Hamid out of his humility to be humble. You know, I'm trying to say that people's connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only can be through Allah's attributes. So that's why Quran keeps mentioning the name of Allah. Quran says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. It did not say, Billahir Rahmanir Rahim. People's connection with Allah is no way other than His attributes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not mention all the attributes. He only mentions those attributes which can help people to be connected with Him. Like Rahman, Rahim, Malik, Yomidin. In the Quran, how many attributes are there? All together in the Hadith and the Quran, there are maybe around 99. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had you know, million and billion attributes. We don't know how many. We mention only those attributes which can help people to be connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why we need to know his Like for example, anything else in this world. Like for example, when you see a computer, first time, you don't know what it is. So somebody has to explain to you its attribute, its action, its function. What does it? Then you are connected with that. Then you know it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can't see him. You can't know him anyway other than his actions, other than his attributes. So you need to know his attributes, you need to know his af'al, his actions, what he does, and then it will make you to connect, to be connected with him. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps saying ism. And I say, Lillahi al-asma'ul husna, asma comes. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology, as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much, much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv. That's D-E-E-P-D-E-E-N.tv. Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves.